0: Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello and welcome back to the week 5 preview and picks edition for the college football season on the show. We'll go over the one week 4 upset from last weekend that we had and then we'll go over the AP top 25 games for this weekend's slate. Some other notable games that I'm looking forward to watching and box score viewing. Uh, Go over my best bets from last weekend and then check out what I've got for this week. But we start with the singular upset from week four. Number 21 Washington State defeated number 14 Oregon State 38-35. DJU for the Beavers, 198 passing yards and a passing touchdown with a pick. 61 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown to boot. Deshaun Fenwick, the running back, 101 yards and three touchdowns. The other side for the Cougs, Cam Ward, 404 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, 14 rushing yards, and a rushing score as well. Kyle Williams, one of the wideouts at Washington State, seven receptions, 174 yards and a touchdown. Josh Kelly, eight receptions, 159 yards and three touchdowns as well for the Cougs. That was the singular upset that we had um, in terms of ranking last weekend. Obviously had more in the betting spreads and stuff like that, upsets, but not ranked upsets. Uh, Getting into the AP Top 25 games for this week, Friday, September 29th, we have number 10 Utah traveling to Corvallis to take on number 19 Oregon State. Three-point favorites are the home Beavers. Utah, uh, they have consistently been one of the best teams in the Pac-12 for about the past half-decade showed in part by the fact that UCLA's three lowest scoring games under head coach Chip Kelly have all come against the Utes. Utah bottled up UCLA's offense without worrying about their own starting quarterback Cam Rising returning yet, possibly allowing the Utes to wait until after their bye week unless they feel the need to roll Rising out here off of his torn ACL in the Rose Bowl for this matchup against the Beavers. Utah's defense, though, has stepped up in rising's absence. Last game alone, they forced seven sacks and a pick six on the first play of the game against UCLA. Oregon State running back Deshaun Fenwick rushed for 101 yards and three touchdowns to become the first Beaver to do so against a ranked team in their loss against Washington State. Losing is never a great thing to discuss, and moral victory is never something you want to rely on, but Oregon State can take some solace in the fact that they came back from down a bunch of points to make this game only a field goal loss on the road against Washington State, one of the toughest places to play in conference and across the nation. The Beavers now heading home to face Utah, who will likely still be sitting uh, quarterback Cam Rising. Oregon State quarterback DJU has now rushed for a touchdown in seven consecutive games, though. Saturday, September 30th, uh, we have the rest of the slate. Number six, Penn State's a 26.5-point favorite on the road at Northwestern. Penn State's 35-0 win over Iowa was the school's second-largest shutout of an AP-ranked twenty top 25 team. Excuse me. Easy for me to say. Penn State's defense held Iowa to under 100 offensive yards and forced four turnovers against the Hawkeyes. While the Nittany Lions ran over 90 plays in the game, Iowa struggled to get over 30. Number 8, USC, goes on the road to play the Colorado Buffaloes. The Trojans are 21.5-point favorites. UCLA played a little too close to Arizona State last week, but Caleb Williams, quarterback for the Trojans, continued his quest for a second straight Heisman with five total touchdowns last week, three passing, two rushing. As for Colorado, Oregon started the part of the schedule where they would always find out who they really were. Oregon, which was a loss. Then they have USC, excuse me, UCLA, and Oregon State all on the slate through a six-week period. Uh, Colorado wide receiver cornerback Travis Hunter will still be out for the next two games at least, while safety Shiloh Sanders is likely out the next game or two as well, with some other pieces missing around the roster, especially on the offensive line. Uh, It's not going to be pretty for Colorado with the lack of depth being exposed. USC might be a little closer of a game with how their defense plays, but I still personally not expecting Colorado to pull off the upset in this spot. Then we have number 22, Florida, going to what is that, Lexington, Kentucky, taking on the Wildcats. Uh, Kentucky is a two-and-a-half point favorite at home. Florida has scored points in 440 consecutive games, the longest streak in the country. The last shutout for the Gators was against Auburn in 1988. On the surface, Florida winning 22-7 over Charlotte is just a meh, whatever kind of result, but the Gators went one of nine on third down and only scored one touchdown in this game. They'll now be going against a much better overall team on the road and as a conference opponent. Number one, Georgia is a 14.5 point favorite on the road against Auburn. Kirby Smart has now coached the Georgia Bulldogs in 100 games to the tune of a record 85-15. Uh, Georgia went out and beat UAB like it should have last week. Now they play a quarterback challenge team in Auburn at home. And by quarterback-challenged, I mean they literally threw for 56 yards against Texas A&M. That's right, 56. Not exactly the best output you would want from your quarterback. Number two, Michigan, 18-point favorite on the road at Nebraska. Blake Corum for the Wolverines is now fifth all-time in Michigan, rushing history in terms of touchdowns with 39 head coach Jim Harbaugh he returned to the sidelines against Rutgers and the pace of the game didn't change the Wolverines still have only allowed two touchdowns in their first four games though um yeah the thought process behind Michigan being so slow is that they don't want to show all of the tricks that they have up their sleeve before they play their toughest games against Penn State and Ohio State Then we move to Austin, where number 24, Kansas, takes on number three, Texas. The Longhorns are 17-point favorites at home. Texas has held its opponents under 30 points in the last nine games, with only Penn State and Kentucky also laying claim to that stat, all three tied for the longest streak in FBS play. Kansas has now posted 4-0 starts in back-to-back years for the first time in 108 years. Kansas running back Devin Neal currently leads the Big 12 with rushing touchdowns at 5. Number 23, Missouri now. They are traveling to Nashville, taking on the Vanderbilt Commodores. The Tigers of Missouri, 13.5-point favorites. Wide receiver Luther Burden helped the Tigers reach 4-0 for the first time since 2013 with a 177-yard receiving game against the Memphis Tigers. Um, Then we have number 13, LSU, three-point favorites on the road against number 20, Ole Miss. For the first time in school history, LSU had two receivers with more than 125 yards and two touchdowns each, with Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. being the recipients of that honor. Malik Neighbors is a absolute freak. If you've ever seen him play, he's so good. But don't let that distract you from the fact that LSU came back from being down against Arkansas to keep the record at only a single loss on the season. LSU had to score 31 points in the final 31 minutes to win the game. And it's like the what was it, fourth year in a row that the game between LSU and Arkansas has been decided by three points. Just ridiculous stat. Um as for Ole Miss, ten points against Alabama was the lowest offensive output for Ole Miss since Lane Kiffin came to Oxford. Then we move to number nine, the Oregon Ducks, twenty-seven and twenty-seven, sorry, point favorites at Stanford. Does Dan Lanning have another pregame speech lined up to go against Stanford or nah? The Ducks buried Colorado last week 35-0 at half, with Lanning saying that they were going to bury the Buffaloes in the second half before scoring seven more points to Colorado's six. Oregon quarterback Bo Nix, though, became the first quarterback to account for 55 touchdowns at two different schools. Then we have Iowa State traveling to Norman to take on number 14-ranked Oklahoma Sooners. 20 point favorites are the home team Oklahoma for the first time since their 2000 national title winning season. Oklahoma has held their first four opponents under 20 points scored in each of their first four games. Oklahoma's offense is very inconsistent, but it can be electric when it's firing on all cylinders. The Sooners have put up 73 and 66 against Arkansas State and Tulsa respectively, but also 28 and 20 against SMU and Cincinnati. Excuse me, is this a possible look-ahead spot for Oklahoma, though, with Texas and Red River two weeks away on the horizon? That's something I would be watching out for, especially when you're laying three touchdowns, essentially, um, against Iowa State. Number 11, Notre Dame is a -a 5.5-point favorite on the road at number 17, Duke. Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman has now thrown a touchdown pass in 35 straight games, the seventh longest streak of all time. Hopefully Notre Dame doesn't make that same 10-man-on-the-field mistake as it did against Ohio State. Surely that's going to go punished by most teams in D1. As for Duke, ESPN's college game day will be in Durham for the first time for football purposes on Saturday. The Blue Devils themselves left no doubt in their previous game in a pickier kind of score outing against UConn. They're up 27-0 a half and won the game by 34 points in the end. Duke didn't get handed an easy opponent to play for the first 5 0 start for the school since 1994, though. Notre Dame coming off a loss in a game they definitely should have won by the looks of it. Uh, Having 10 men out on the field and where the 11th man should have been, being where the touchdown was scored, definitely tells you that Notre Dame should have been the victor in that one. South Carolina at number 21, Tennessee. Uh, The Volunteers are 12.5 point favorites at home. Joe Milton's opening play 81-yard touchdown run is now tied for the longest touchdown rush by a quarterback in Tennessee history. Here's a short summary, though, of Tennessee football this season. Tennessee shut out UTSA 31-0 in the first half. They lost the third quarter by a score 14-0 and then went on to score the final two touchdowns of the game to finish with a final 45-14. This next stretch for Tennessee could define their season with South Carolina, Texas A&M, and Alabama all on the slate number 12 alabama speaking of the crimson tide they're 14 and a half point favorites against ole miss or ole miss mississippi state on the road sorry play both mississippi schools back to back that's a scheduling quirk if i ever seen one alabama though with the win over ole miss last week alabama still has not lost consecutive home games since nick saban took over in tuscaloosa back in 2007 almost to 2017 definitely not right Alabama resumes service with Jalen Milrow at quarterback, but still only for 24 points against Ole Miss doesn't exactly inject confidence into the veins of the program. Then we have number seven, Washington, an 18-point favorite at Arizona. Washington has scored 199 points through four games this season, the most through such stretch since 1944 for the Huskies. Speaking of which, the Huskies put up 45 points in the first half against Cal last week, allowing the Golden Bears to score some in garbage time towards the end of the game, but still having the dominant win in 59-32 fashion. Last game for the AP Top 25 this week, handful of teams on the bye this week, so we don't have to talk about them, but it's Nevada at number 25, Fresno State. With the Bulldogs being 24 and a half point favorites, Fresno quarterback Mikey Keene threw for 325 yards and three scores against Kent State. Running back Elijah Gilliam added two touchdowns on the ground to help move the Bulldogs into the top 25. All right, well, um, some other notable games now on the slate that I didn't exactly get to because they're not ranked. Friday, September 29th, we have Louisville a three point favorite at NC State. This will likely be the toughest matchup that. Uh, Jeff Brom, Coach Brom, wow, head hurting right now. Uh, Coach Brom has faced since taking over his um, former school. Uh, Wow, (laughs) Coach Brom coming back to his own alma mater is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Getting a railroad test here against NC State. Tough defensive line always, but maybe not the best offense. Very interesting to see how this one plays out for the Cardinals. Then we have Cincinnati at BYU with the Cougars being two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm just interested in a battle of two Big 12 newcomers facing off for the first time as conference foes. Then the rest of the slate on Saturday, September 30th. Texas A&M six-and-a-half points, uh, the favorite at Arkansas. As we just saw, Arkansas took LSU to the brink. Texas A&M outright upset LSU last season. Maybe these are the two teams that are just meant to test LSU more than all the others. Clemson, seven-point favorite at Syracuse. Extremely interested in this game as this has tended to be an upset spot for Clemson going on the road to the Carrier It's not the Carrier Dome anymore. Don't know what the name is, but we're going to call it the Carrier Dome. Uh, playing against Syracuse always seems to be a, tr- a tricky, trouble, trap, whatever kind of alliteration you want to use spot for Clemson. I think they've got the offense uh, It's getting more under control now, though, the more that Garrett Riley is in charge and getting his system in place. Then we have the battle of the academic powerhouses in the Big Ten. Illinois traveling to West Lafayette, Indiana, to take on the Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, Purdue is a one-point favorite at home. I kind of think wrong team favored, but if it's only a point, then it's really not like it's a travesty. Um, Illinois has probably the better defensive line, probably the better offense. And the only problem that I have with it is that it's on the road and not in Champaign. Last game I wanted to bring up, West Virginia at TCU. The Horned Frogs are 11-point favorites at home. Can we just mention, Neil Brown might be on the coldest seat in the Big 12, one of the coldest seats in the Big 12, no longer blazing hot, waiting for him to get fired after starting 3-1 and one for the Mountaineers. But I don't think they um, – don't think the outcome of this game is gonna to be too positive for the team from Morgantown. Let's just put it that way. But let's go over the best bets part from last week's show. We were seven and nine coming in. We went three, four, and one last week. The push Oklahoma minus fourteen at Cincy was exactly obviously a fourteen point win. Uh, The losers were Southern Miss minus five and a half at Arkansas State, where Arkansas State put off the outright upset 44-37. Oklahoma State plus three and a half at Iowa State, where the Cyclones won 34-27. Shocking by the fact that they still have the gambling suspensions coming out and the investigations going on. Oklahoma State just not looking like that great of a team this season. Ole Miss plus seven was another one. They lost 24-10 at Alabama. Looked close for a long time. Heck, they were even leading it for a good part of the first quarter and a half or so. Then Crimson Tide just turned it on later. Last loser was Vanderbilt plus 14 against Kentucky. I thought since they got the outright upset last year, they could at least keep it within two scores this season, but Kentucky went out and won by, what's that, 17 instead of 14. So close, but no cigar. The winners, Kansas State minus 6 against UCF. The Wildcats won 44-31. Notre Dame plus 3.5 versus Ohio State. They should have outright upset that game, but Ohio State won by 3, so we get with the hook. Ohio minus 12.5 at Bowling Green, in which the Bobcats dominated 38-7, to seven, winning. Ohio is a wagon. This week's best bets, uh, now that we're 10-13-1, Vanderbilt plus 14 on Bet Rivers against Missouri. Again, plus 14 with Vandy. Um, but this time it's because Missouri not exactly inspiring the most confidence in me anyways. Memphis, we're not even really sure what they've got yet. They've had an up-and-down season. Missouri has gotten a 61-yard field goal to go in to beat Kansas State, and that's like the marquee win on their season. Vanderbilt is the home team here in conference play. I think two touchdowns is too much for a matchup where you can't even tell me that one team is more than a score better than the other. LSU minus 2.5 on Bet Rivers as well at Ole Miss. Ole Miss doesn't look like that great of a team like a paper tiger, kind of like last season where the defense looked great until they played a real team, and then they kind of just fell apart. That's kind of the sense I'm getting on this Ole Miss team, and the offense doesn't even look like it's nearly as good as last season either. 2.5 is nothing even if it's on the road for LSU. I think they cover this one with ease. Alabama minus 14, another one on Bet Rivers. Uh, They're playing at Mississippi State. Has anyone watched Mississippi State play this season? Because I have no confidence in that team. Becoming run first after being an air raid team under Coach Leach before he tragically passed. Uh, Going to run heavy is just not working for him, especially when the defense can't stop opponents from scoring, I don't know, 14 points. It seems like they struggle to do that themselves. So I'll take Alabama on that one. Washington minus 17 and a half on bet MGM at Arizona. The books cannot keep up with Washington. And even if they're on the road against Arizona, Jaden DeLora, the quarterback for the Wildcats in Arizona got injured last week's game. Not exactly certain what his status is. I'm assuming he'll find a way to play because he's a warrior that'll gut it out. But Washington is just too electric on offense. Arizona is not going to be able to keep up with them. BYU minus two and a half on bet MGM against Cincinnati at home. BYU always, always has played tougher schedules than Cincinnati. Even as an independent, when BYU was, they always played tougher schedules. They're more accustomed to playing harder games, as you could tell by them keeping it close for about three and a half quarters against Kansas last week. BYU should handle this one with ease at home, especially with the elevation change that Cincinnati's probably never dealt with before, at least with this team. Eastern Michigan plus seven and a half on BetMGM didn't even realize I kind of put them in order of what book they were in. Nice. Uh, but Eastern Michigan plus 7.5 at Central Michigan. We got the battle, battle of directional Michigan schools here. The Chippewas are probably my favorite mascot, but over a touchdown for the visiting team when Central Michigan hasn't instilled much confidence to anyone with their offense. I will take Eastern Michigan in this one plus the points. Illinois, you can find plus 1.5 on FanDuel traveling to Purdue. Kind of already laid it out for you. I think the Illinois defense is better than the Purdue defense. I think the Illinois offense can be better than the Purdue offense if they can put drives together and sustain control in the game. So I'll take the point and a half. Probably hit the money line as well if it hits plus money. Boise State plus three and a half at Caesars. They're going to Memphis to take on the Tigers. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, when I mentioned the Missouri Tigers, I don't really have much confidence in Memphis actually being a team that can challenge for anything. This season, they're playing weak teams and barely winning. And uh, sometimes they're blowing out teams that are weak as well, but they're not really playing anyone of true substance. So I'm not going to go with them. I'm going to take the plus three and a half on a team that I know is going to at least be in the game until the whistle is blown to end it. Lastly... Pitt minus two and a half on points bet at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had a piece come out on how bad the program is currently being run this week by ESPN. Uh, Two different writers got all the information they could put it together to say how bad the program is going right about now. And when stuff like that's happening, you know, morale is low. The team is going to be down in the dumps with it going on. And unless the coaches can get them to rally around the dumpster fire that is going on there in Blacksburg, I'm not liking the chances, especially when Pitt has had a rough start to the season, is looking for anyone that they can beat up on. Uh, Definitely can do it to the Hokies. So those are my best bets. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Hopefully the college football slate, again, lives up to the expectations, and I will be here to talk to you next week when it does. So enjoy, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.